Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Well, welcome back. I hope you are ready for God's Word. So get your Bible, get your notebook. Let's pray together as we dive into God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. The entrance of your word brings light. And I pray that your word will shine light into our hearts as your children, guiding us to be the people that you want us to be, the people of God, who are bringing healing to a broken and a hurting world. I know into your word we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen and Amen. From time to time, as your pastors, we talk to you about what is core, what is foundational to us as Watoto Church. And the reason we do that is that we want you soaked in vision. You see, the Bible says without a vision, people perish. They cast off restraint. They begin to live anyhow. That's not the kind of church we want to be. God has given us a clear vision. And we want you as Watoto Church family members soaked in vision so that together we are pursuing all that God has called us to be and all that God has in store for us in the days that lie ahead. And so today's message we've called, We Are Family. We Are Family. That's what I want to talk to you about. This is a phrase that has become a very important part of who we are as Watoto Church. You've heard it said a million times when you come to our in-person gatherings. Church is not an event you go to. Church is a family that you belong to. You see, church is a translation of a Greek word called ecclesia, which means the called out ones. To understand this, we go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellences, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people at all, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, friends, the church isn't the nice buildings, the great likes, the, the fantastic music and the programs that we run. No, the church is the people of God. Those who've turned their back on sins, on, on the life of sin and have turned towards Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And as a result, they receive new life like we talked about. And they are transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's marvelous light. Jesus turns them into children of God. We become a part of God's family. As we said, that becomes our new identity. And what the Lord does is that then he mobilizes us into smaller families. We see Paul often wrote to smaller church families. He wrote to the believers in Rome, in Thessalonica, in Ephesus, in Philippi. Because the church is not a building. The church's people, we see in Romans chapter 16, verse 5, Paul writes saying, send my greetings to the church that meets in that home. One of them is Epenetus, the first believer in Asia Minor. The greetings are to the church that meets. The church that meets. Because the church is not a building. The church is the people of God. A movement of God's people who have turned their lives over to Jesus in surrender and have been moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his marvelous light. They've been born again. 
In the same way, Watoto Church is not a building. Watoto Church is a church family of more than 35,000 people that meets now in 15 locations, including Watoto Church Ginger, really excited about Pastor Dora uh, and uh, as uh, Pastor Jimmy and Susan give leadership to that. Th that 15 places where the church family meets. I want us to talk about that because God wants us to be family. God wants us to be a family. Now this journey began over 25 years ago. God had a conversation with Pastor Gary. And he asked him, who do you think you are? Pastor Gary said, well, I'm, I'm a pastor. I pastor a great church. About 5,000 people coming to the church at that time. God says, well, who do you think you are? My son only pastored 12. Who are you to think you can pastor 5,000? Immediately, Gary began to understand that God wanted us to become a small group church. That God wanted to organize Watoto Church into small families that were part of the greater family. God began to lead us into that. In the beginning, they were called home care fellowships, and today we call them cells. You see, cells and our cell families are not a program. They're not a weekly event. Our cells at Watoto Church are small families of Watoto Church members that meet in the community to do life together and to touch their community with the love of Jesus. Why? So that we may see healing and transformation come to individuals, communities, cities, and nations, all for His glory. Well, before COVID, we had about 2,500 small groups, seeing about 15,000 church members attending weekly. Due to the challenges of COVID, we now have about 1,380 small groups with about 9,000 members joining in and every weekend and attending. And I want to say thank you to every Watoto Church member that is a part of a small group. It's a part of a cell family here at Watoto Church. And so as our pastors, we began to say, we would like to see new life breathed into our small groups. We'd like to see every single one of them brimming with the love of Jesus that is healing broken lives, but also touching that community. And so we began to think about ourselves, families, and one image that stood out to us is an image of a table in a house, probably the dining table in your house, where people gather together at the end of the day for a meal to connect to laugh together, speak into each other's lives, tell stories, and I'll probably look into the future. And that table is a place where people gather. And so we see ourselves, our self families, as an opportunity, as a platform where we as Watoto Church members gather. And that table has four pillars that hold it up together so that it may be strong and stable to fulfill its purpose. And in the same way, we began to understand why wow, there are these four very important pillars that each of our cell families should gather around, that each of our cell families should be built on so that our cell families are strong and effective in bringing healing and transformation to individuals, communities, cities, and nations. And today I want to take some time to talk to you about those four very important pillars of a cell family. One, meaningful relationships. You see, God never meant for you to do life alone, my friend. God made us for community. And I know, I know a lot of people today are afraid of getting into relationship with other people and letting people into their world and into their lives because they've been hurt. They've been manipulated. They've been taken advantage of. They've been disappointed in so many ways. And so people hold back when you begin to talk about getting into relationship with other people. 
But you see, our cell families exist so that you can connect with other Watoto church members and with other community members and develop meaningful life-giving relationships that bring so much value, that bring so much strength and so much meaning to your life. This is how the Bible wants us to live. I think about a couple of strong, meaningful, life-giving relationships in the Bible. Jonathan and David, Ruth and Naomi, Paul and Timothy, Jesus and his 12 disciples, Jesus and Lazarus. All great relationships that had a profound impact on the individual, but also on the people around them. This is how God wants us to live. But of course, we know that meaningful relationships take time to build. Meaningful relationships are built on trust and love. We untrust because we have consistently demonstrated godly character. And when you're a person of your word, when you're a person of integrity, people begin to trust you. People buy into you. And so in our small families, our small cell families here at Watodo Church, we demonstrate godly character so we can build trust among each other. There is a confidentiality. Our hearts are knit together. Meaningful relationships are built on love. And love is a result of a genuine concern and care for one another. It's about putting people first. And in our cell families, we get the opportunity to care for one another to be concerned for what's going on in each other's lives. And the result is these meaningful relationships that profoundly affect us many times even more so than our own biological family relationships. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 25, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The early church practiced this. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 to 47 tells us all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They were concerned for each other. They cared for each other. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts right here in church. And then they broke bread in their homes and ate together in their cell families with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Because people from the outside looked at God's people and the way they met together in those small cell families and cared for one another. And people were moved to come and be a part of those small cell families, those small church meetings in those homes. And when they did that, they found the love of Jesus that transformed their lives and they too became believers. Because you see, when we walk in meaningful life-giving relationships, not only are we blessed, we become a blessing to the community. Our communities are so estranged to loving relationships and we find those in our self-families. You know, I think about Patience's story. Patience had been abandoned by her husband. She had four children looking after them on her own. I'd known Patience for a while. Well, as at Bible school, she was the chef at our school. But it was hard times. She was struggling to make ends meet. She reached out to me, she said, Pastor Brian, it's really tough. Well, my wife and I extended some help to her, but I encouraged her, you need to join a cell family. She said, tell me how I can join. I told her, this is what you've got to do, this is what you've got to do. She followed through, she joined a cell family. Man, they loved on her. They cared about her. They became familiar with her situation. They knew what she was going through. They rallied their resources. They were able to help her. But more than that, they empowered her and helped her find a job. Today, Patience is able to send her children to school. She's able to put a roof over their head. She's able to put food on the table. When she begins to talk about the impact that the cell family has had in her life, tears begin to roll down her face. You can't control the volume of her voice because she found a family of people. She was rejected by her family, but she found a family 
family of people that cared for her, that were concerned about her. Today, her life has been transformed and she's the greatest person who tells you, join a cell family. Why? She has experienced meaningful relationship that has transformed her life. You don't have to do life alone. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to be lonely. Join a cell family today where you're going to find a family that is genuinely concerned about you. You can come to the great celebration service where more than a thousand people are gathered in a service. It's hard to connect, but in a cell family, a small group, you'll find people that care about you where you're going to build meaningful relationships that will be a blessing. So meaningful relationships, that's the first pillar. The second pillar is spiritual growth. You see, God's desire for every single one of us, my friends, is for us to grow in our relationship with Him. Now, there is an important place for you to pursue the Lord individually, seek Him as an individual and grow in Him. But never underestimate the power and significance of a small group of believers that you're constantly connecting with. It becomes the engine and fuel of how you pursue and chase after God and grow in Him. This is what the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and do good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. The writer of Hebrews is saying here, when we join together in those small families, man, we are inspired towards love, a love for God and a love for those around us and to do the good deeds, the good works we talked about in this new life that God has called us to, the good works of prayer, of reading the word, of a time of devotion, of sharing our faith with those around us. I promise you in your small group, you're going to find the people that are calling out to God, that are passionate with God alongside you. You begin to find inspiration in that small group. In fact, not only that, you're going to find accountability. You'll be inspired about what God is doing in other people's lives and you too will grow. You will learn alongside others because no one is an expert. We are all on this journey of pursuing God together and we do it together. You're also given an opportunity to look after those who have just come into the faith and give them an opportunity to grow spiritually in the Lord. Your experience in the Lord counts, whether it's been a year or two, you're able to come alongside someone else and help them grow in the Lord as well. Our cell families are designed to be those places where we're growing spiritually. I think about Sharon who joined my small group just about six weeks ago. Sharon runs a business in a trading center not far from where we live. I was looking for a shirt I needed to buy. And so I saw this shop and I walked towards it. I got in there, I was masked. She looked at me, she thought she recognized me. She said, I think I know you. You must be acting in one of those TV drama series. And we laughed about it. I said, no, that's not who I am. But probably you've seen me somewhere on TV, you might recognize me. She says, take off your mask. I take off my mask. She says, I know you. I know you. I've seen you on TV. I said, maybe you've seen me in Watoto Church Services. She says, yes, absolutely. That's how I know you. She was so excited that a pastor would come to her shop to buy a shirt. She was so blessed. She said, you know what? I'm going to reduce the price for you. She even had it adjusted so that it could fit properly. She was really so kind and I thanked her for that. She said, pastor, pray for me. I want to own a business of my own. I'm running my sister's business right now, but I'm believing God one day I'll have a business of my own. But more than that, pastor, over the last two years, I've been struggling spiritually. It's been so difficult for me. I'm no longer praying. I'm not reading the Word. I'm not going to church, but I want God to do something fresh in my life. Well, we got down together on our knees in that little shop and we prayed. And I prayed that God would bless her with a business. I prayed that God would just breathe new life into her relationship with Him. And, and then I invited her to a small group after we finished praying. 
The very next week she came to our small group. She's been coming every day, every week for the last six weeks. It's been absolutely amazing. Just seeing the glow in her face now as we read scripture together, as we pray together every week. She also makes it a point to ensure that she's in church every weekend. Something fresh has been sparked in her life. Why? She came to a small group of people who are encouraging her in the Lord. She's found her passion. She's found her fire for the Lord back. Some of you might be struggling right now. You're trying to do this life on your own as a child of God. You don't have to. Join our small group today. Join our Total Church Cell family today. You're going to find a family of believers passionate about Jesus that are going to come alongside you and encourage you to pursue God and grow in Him. Thirdly, after meaningful relationships and spiritual growth is leadership growth. Here is something I want you to know and something I want you to believe. God who created you has an amazing purpose and plan for your life. The world today is full of people who are bashing left, right, and center, telling people that you will amount to nothing, that you're not more than enough. If you don't have these qualifications, if you don't have those connections, you are nothing and you never amount to anything significant. But the Word of God encourages us that God has a purpose and plan for our lives. I love what God says to Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God has a purpose for your life. Before he even knit you in your mother's womb, he had a specific purpose and design for your life already laid out. Our cell families are designed to be those places where you come together with Watoto Church members who genuinely care for you, who genuinely see what God has placed on your life and they make it their responsibility to help you discover it and step into it fully. Our cell families are those places where your purpose is reaffirmed, where your potential is given a platform to reach its very highest. It is that place where you're surrounded by people who genuinely care for you and want to call out the greatness that God has placed in you. We do this through giving various opportunities for you to serve using your gifts organizational skills, mobilization skills. I know some of you are great at bringing people together for different activities. We have lots of activities in ourselves and through ourselves in the community. Some of you have musical gifts. That's where you begin to discover you can lead worship. You can be part of a worship team. Some of you are great at are doing projects and planning little things as we look to do um, you know, projects in the community. You know how to bring the numbers together. You know how to bring the technical aspects together. Some of you are great at planning. You write out plans for the whole year and you make sure you follow, and you follow everyone up to ensure we do those plans. Ah, lots of gifts and there is room for every single gift in our small families. Through the training that our leaders receive, we see great leadership capacity in our guys and so we come alongside them, we, we invest in them. I can tell you they grow to become great leaders, not just in the cell, in their community and in their families. I think about Fred Chitakule, great friend of mine. This guy gave his life to Jesus in 2006 in a small group, in our cell family. And after that, he grew to become a cell leader, sectional leader, zonal leader. Right now, he's a regional intern giving leadership to more than 50 cell families in Region C1 here at downtown. Fred today serves as one of our deacons at Watoto Church. Fred is one of the Leaders of our discipleship team here at Watoto Church downtown, ensuring people get all the information they need about financial stewardship, about discipleship, about school of prayer. He, he's a fantastic leader and a great friend. Where did it start? 
in a small group where he discovered who God called him to be. He got training. He got opportunity to serve. And today he's a fantastic leader right here at Watoto Church, being a great leader, not just to his small group, but right here at the church. And listen, he's a business consultant in the city who is helping so many people get their businesses off the ground. Where did he learn leadership? He credits it to the Watoto Church Cell family. So I want to encourage you to be a part of a cell family. Discover your potential. Rise up to your highest potential in God. Be a blessing to the Watoto Church family, but be a blessing to the marketplace. Be a blessing to your university. Be a blessing to your peers at school. Be a blessing because you're going to discover God's purpose for you. And as you fulfill it, man, you're going to bring so much blessing wherever you go. Finally, community engagement. You see, a lot of people today are so individualistic. They don't want to be bothered about what's happening next door, happening in their community. They live for me, myself, and I within their home. As long as my family is okay, I don't care about what's going on in the rest of the world. Listen, that's not how God wants you and I to live. God cares for your community, my friend. And as his son and daughter, he wants you to carry the very same heart. God wants us to be concerned and moved with compassion for the things that are going on in our community. Our communities have so many needs, poverty, unemployment, Failing and failed marriages, orphaned children, drug abuse, poor education, poor health care, crime, teenage pregnancy. There's so many things going on in our community and those things break the heart of Jesus. And he wants we as his people, the church, to pay attention to those needs, come alongside our community and help them find hope and healing in Jesus. The Bible tells us about Jesus while he was here on the earth. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, he says, Jesus saw the multitudes and he was moved with compassion for them because they were distressed and scattered as sheep not having a shepherd. They were spiritually lost and it moved his heart. Because you see, when we're talking about community, we're talking about the people, the condition of their hearts, the quality of the lives that they are living. These people were lost and Jesus was moved with compassion because he was the savior who came to save them from their sins and give them a hope and a future. The Bible tells us about Jesus in Acts 10, 38, that God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and in particular curing all those who were harassed and oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. He set the captive free, opened the eyes of the blind. He fed those who were hungry. He forgave those who were burdened with guilt and shame. He went around his community paying attention to their needs, paying attention to their pains, and then touching them with his love so that there'll be hope, healing, and transformation. We as God's people need to be the very same way. We, like Jesus, need to be concerned. Our communities are broken. They're looking for hope. They've lost hope and trust in all the people that have promised them solutions over the years and nothing has happened. That's an opportunity for us as God's people to come in alongside them and ask them, how can we serve you? Look at community's problems. Mobilize the people in community and help them find solutions. And together we can begin to deal with our issues, whether it's crime, whether it's drug abuse, whether it is a broken marriages, whether it's domestic violence, whatever it is, we can begin as God's people to aim at the praying and bring healing and hope to a broken and hurting world. You know, on the day of judgment, this matter of caring for community is going to show up. Matthew 25, verse 40. The king, Jesus, will say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. When you give that food in Jesus' name, 
or when you help that vulnerable woman and her children in Jesus' name. When you pay attention to that neighbor of yours and you help them deal with that issue in Jesus' name. When you come together with your community and fix that broken well or help the police in your community or help those teenagers who are stuck on drugs and alcohol or you deal with those men in the community of battering their wives or women who are wayward, whatever it is, whenever we do it and we reach those who, who are broken, who are hurting, who are destitute, who are poor, whenever we do it to the least of these, we do it to Jesus. He takes note because he cares for that community, he cares for that family, he cares for that individual. We do this through our various cell activities. Our cells do things in the community. Seed projects, we identify big needs. We come together with community. We say we need to deal with this issue. We do it alongside them because we are not in the business of giving handouts. We give handouts. We find solutions together with people. And I encourage you to be a part of that. Don't get locked up in that world of me, myself, and I. Care for your community. We saw this in COVID, many families struggling to put food on the table. Our cells were mobilizing resources and helping feed families. Not only did they feed families, they shared the gospel. We saw many people give their lives to Jesus. It's a cup of water in Jesus' name. So let's go beyond our comfort zones. Let's go beyond just our great time of fellowship together, which is important. Let's touch a broken and hurting world with the love of Jesus. I want to encourage you to join a small group today. Write to us, sell at watodochurch.com. We're going to make sure we help you do that. But also, open your home to host a cell. That home and that space was given to you by Jesus so that you can serve the kingdom. Open your home. Host a children's cell. Host a teenager's cell. Host an adult cell. We'll make sure that we work very hard to mobilize people in the community who need to be part of that cell as you also invite. But we'll also make sure to train you as a host or train you as a leader. Sign up today, write to us, sell at watodochurch.com, say, I wanna be a host, I wanna be a leader. And let us serve together, let's touch our community with the love of Jesus. Friends, we have an awesome, awesome opportunity. I wanna encourage every cell. Don't just be an adult cell, ensure you have a children and teenagers cell connected to you. Listen, our young adults at the university, open your hostels, open your room to host cell. Through us, Jesus wants to touch our community that is broken and hurting. Our cell families are places where we're going to build meaningful relationships, where we're going to grow spiritually, where we're going to grow in our leadership, and where we're going to engage with our community to see healing and transformation for His glory. Wow. As you come to the end of this message today, I want to ask you, are you a part of God's family? Are you a child of God? Are you born again? If you're not born again, if you've not received Jesus into your heart, if you've not asked him to forgive you of your sin, this is your moment right here, right now. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Jesus, with your blood, wash away my sin. Come into my heart as my Lord and savior. I will live for you and I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. Listen, we wanna hear from you. So click that link that has just appeared on your screen. Let us know that you've given your heart to Jesus. We wanna share with you resources and we wanna connect you to somebody that's gonna walk this journey with you and help you grow in the Lord. We also wanna connect you to a small group of Watoto Church members that are gonna walk alongside you and help you become everything that God wants you to be. God bless you. 
Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,